the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I smell a rat. And his name isn't Donald Trump. He's being called a racist, of course, again, for saying that Baltimore is infested with rats. Of course, he didn't mean the entire city but a good part of Elijah Cummings' district, which is infested with rats, by the way. Cummings is black, and we appear to have reached the point that if you do criticize a black politician, you are a racist. Or if you say conditions in a neighborhood are unlivable, that's maybe populated by a lot of blacks, you're also a racist. That's what Trump said. But then so did Bernie Sanders back in 2015. The fact of the matter is, is that America is the wealthiest country in the history of the world. But anyone who took the walk that we took, we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country where unemployment is over 50 percent. A community that does not even have decent quality grocery stores where moms can buy quality food for their kids. A community in which the dream of getting a higher education for many kids is as real as is going to the moon. Sounds kind of unlivable. And then uh, Bernie was on CNN with Jake Tapper yesterday, and somehow Jake must have forgotten what Bernie had said back in 2015, and Bernie didn't mention it. Joining me now in Detroit, 2020 presidential candidate, Senator Bernie Sanders. And Senator Sanders, I know you want to talk about issues, but I do uh, also want to talk about what uh, President Trump said about your former colleague in the House, Elijah Cummings, and his district being, quote, a disgusting rat and rodent infested mess that no human being would want to live in. What's your response? Jake, it's, it's unbelievable that we have a president of the United States who attacks uh, American cities, who attacks Americans, who attacks somebody who's a friend of mine. Elijah Cummings is one of the most decent and outstanding members of the House of Representatives. He fights every day to improve life in his community. Uh, I do find it interesting that when we have rural Republican districts where life expectancy is going down, where downtowns are boarded up, where people are struggling, and people are struggling in rural America, they're struggling in urban America, they're struggling in suburban America. Our job is to bring people together to improve life for all people, not to be a have a racist president who attacks people because they are African Americans. That is a disgrace, and that is why we're going to defeat uh, this president. And of course, that's not what he did. Okay, now here are some numbers for you from the schools in Elijah Cummings District, some of them anyway. Dunbar High School, 5% uh, were proficient in reading, 5%. That's 95% of them weren't. 12% were proficient in math. 15% of Baltimore City students passed the state English test. That means 85% of the students did not pass an English proficiency test. Who's teaching whom? And what's being taught? 90% of students at one Baltimore high school had the lowest possible score you can get on a math test. 90% had the lowest possible score you can get on a math test. And here's another one. In, in Baltimore's 39 high schools, not a single student scored proficient on the state math exam. Sounds to me like a pretty bad neighborhood. You might need to find somebody to lead them out of there. Storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, 
and, of course, Windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsrspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Stagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy, a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you, so it's really good in that everybody has human dignity of being able to participate. The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, thanks, and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take it, it easy. Thanks. Rocky Blyer, right, and we'll be right back. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12 through grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School, a fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school just 15 minutes north of Cranberry where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot org. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I gave you a lot of pretty ridiculous numbers there about the Baltimore schools before the break. A little while ago, I spoke to Liz Bowie. She's the education reporter for the Baltimore Sun. I tried to get some explanation for this, uh, some of these numbers. I really appreciate her taking the time, and maybe it's just me, but I don't know. I detected a lot of apologizing going on there for what appears to be the total failure of the Baltimore City Schools. Maybe I'm wrong. She's only a reporter, not a columnist. I'll let you be the judge. Here's my conversation with Liz Bowie. So I know the, the Baltimore City Schools are ranked near the bottom in reading and math uh, scores compared to other uh, large urban areas. Uh, I understand you've been on the beat for 20 years. Has that always been the case? Well, the test that you're referring to, the NAEP, um, uh, for cities has not been around that long. Um, And, for instance, not every city participates. So, for instance, Pittsburgh does not participate. It has apparently uh, decided that it doesn't care to um, have its students tested. So it's not... um, you know, it's not a test that um, I can say one way or the other. The this, this students have scored on particularly low that for the last 20 years. But um, if you, you've been covering the beat, is, is just in general then, has Baltimore, where has Baltimore been in the rankings 
on various tests and other ways to measure this kind of thing? Well, Baltimore and most urban cities um, score uh, lower than the state as a whole, the states they're in as a whole. Um, that's consistent throughout the country, and right. Baltimore is, is consistent in that norm. Actually, Baltimore has made, last year, is beginning to show some improvement. And on the latest round of park tests, which are very difficult tests that are given um, in some other states across the country, um, Baltimore made the largest uh, percentage point gains of nearly all of the other school districts in the state. Um, So they're actually rapidly improving. Their scores are still very low, um, but under the leadership of a new uh, chief executive officer um, over the last several years, starting to show some real gains. What... Um, Sorry, what, 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 what if, uh, it's a she, is that Sonia Santalisas? Sonia, Sonia? Yeah, Sonia Santalisas, who, um, was in charge of academics under another, uh, leader, uh, then left the city for a while and came back as the new head of the school system. And she's been here three years and going on four. And we expect that she will ask for an, another contract, four year contract. Mm-hmm. And, uh, across the nation, Along with superintendents tend to show, their districts tend to show greater progress. I think one of the problems in Baltimore has been um, a very rapid turnover in uh, superintendents. Um, I, I saw in your story that the, uh, on the, the story that I'm looking at here was from uh, last year, I think. Um, uh, I think that was based on 2017 yeah. um, test scores, yeah. and so that is um, older than the tests yeah. that were released. Okay. But, she, but in that story, you said that she declined to be interviewed. Is that an issue that the, that they're not, they're, they're media shy? No, in fact, Sonia Santelis is, is quite um, open and recent. Um, the profile of her, a long profile of her. Um, she, in the mo- after the most recent set of tests, she said that the city is nowhere near where it needs to be. Um, she certainly, I think her quote was, we're not holding a parade over these test scores, mm-hmm. but they are showing improvement. Um, in fact, there were 40 schools um, in the district that had showed a five percentage point gain, um, at least a five percentage point gain um, in both math or reading scores. Um, So, you know, not to say that they are scoring well, but there are certainly in the city um, large areas of concentrated poverty. Mm -hmm. um, And it's difficult to show increases in those areas yeah um i have some i had some numbers that i came across uh i think in a column by walter williams and i don't know i don't know what exact tests he's referring to and some of these are i think most of these are high school and not um not uh fourth eighth grade which i think is one you were talking about well first before i get to that though um, and the story that I saw that you wrote based on 2017 said only 13% of fourth graders were proficient in math and 11% of eighth graders were proficient in math. Are teachers ever held accountable for that kind of failure? I mean, that's failure. That's abject fail. I, I mean, it's failure by the students, obviously, but who's, whose fault is it? And does, are they ever called to account on it? Well, I think you have to in perspective of in that um you know, the the scores of uh, the tests are very, very difficult. And the park tests, which were given in 2018, very, uh, you know, consistent, like the numbers between the 2017 test, that's a national test, and the park test given it to Maryland are, are fairly consistent. Um, so, for instance, there's a 17 or 18% pass rate for English and a 15% pass rate roughly for math. Um, Where's that? In the grades, that's in Baltimore. Okay. Um, but you have to understand that statewide, um, there's only about Forty percent of students are passing. So <laughs> I don't know if that's something to be. Uh, that I think that's even, that's even worse than only forty. Either they got a bad test, 
or or they're, they're not doing something right. I mean, if only 40 percent is is a is an F, that's terrible. Well, that's probably consistent. Maryland scores are very consistent with yeah, Pennsylvania. I understand scores. that. Yeah. So your your school system and your um, and your state are probably the students are scoring about the same as they are in Maryland. Well, uh, I think they did slightly better on the NAEP um, in reading than Maryland did. But I, I guess my question Almost would be, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be beating you up over Baltimore's school tests. But you know, all I'm saying is yeah. that yes, these scores are not good, and nobody in Baltimore or Maryland is saying they're good scores. But you have to put it in the context of yeah, right. your state. In your city, which has declined to participate even in that. Well, in your in your reporting, um, in your reporting, have you? Uh, I mean, have you f- uh, found out about the test? If if forty percent of the, only forty percent of the people are passing a test, if you took a nationwide average, then there's either the schools are not doing a good job, or there's something wrong with the test because you forty percent, you just can't. I mean, how many people are satisfied with forty percent on any test for anything? Well, I think what the difference is that this is a relatively new test that requires a lot of analytical thinking. Okay. Um, and it's very, it, it is a very rigorous, high standard test that was created by actually the uh, Governor's um, Association across the state started looking at what they could do to have standards nationally. And you know that there the tests that we had previous to this this park test were very very easy and lots of kids passed but it didn't mean that um everybody was just doing great so i think you know we've we've in, we've changed the standards we've raised the standards across the nation and certainly in maryland um maryland is actually a very fairly high better than uh, average performing state on most tests. Um, and, you know, I think that the situation is kind of uh, similar in other states. So um, the education community is trying to get to think in a different way to um, be more proficient. Well, if I, if, if, um, First of all, let me just say that if I, there's a good chance if I took the test, I'd flunk it. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm not. I've never, I was never very good on tests. But um, if I were to ask a teacher in the Baltimore school district, a school district at a high school or a, a grade school, um, would they agree that the test is uh, really hard and that the that those that the, and and that's the perspective they take when looking at the scores? I think if you asked almost any teacher in the state whether the test is hard, you'd find that they'd say yes. Okay. Um, no. Um, it, 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 but certainly in the city, yes, of course they would. Yeah. Now, um, a Dunbar High School I have here, again, I don't know what test this is, but uh, the number that I have here is 5% proficient in math, 12% in reading. That's 95% of the kids in the school are not proficient in math. Again, that's a ridiculous number, and it's either the either the testing is bad or the kids ain't getting math. Right. I mean, it's. It, it, I think that was algebra, and um, there is a problem with the way the algebra was reported, which maybe you don't want to go me to go into the details. Okay. Of, but one of the reasons that that is so low, and it is low in lots of school districts, is that. Um, most of those kids at Dunbar actually passed that test in seventh grade or eighth grade um, because they took it in middle school. So the better math students all took it and passed it in middle school. So the kids who couldn't pass it at Dunbar were probably the kids who are very bad at math. Okay. And there's another one. 3,804 students in the Baltimore schools took the state math test. One kid tested proficient out of 3,804. That, not, uh, I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I I've never seen that yeah, number. The other one is uh, only thirteen percent of Baltimore City students passed the state English test. Thirteen percent. Yes, that's. Cr- uh, I think it was no. 
I think it was 17. I think it's 18 percent. Well, that still stinks. But 18. It stinks. Yeah. But I. <laughs> <laughs> let's be accurate. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. I mean, let's. Uh, but but um, I, I don't know. You know, you cover this, and I, and I, you know, a thousand times more about this than I do. But I just look at when I when somebody tells me that eighty two percent of the students didn't pass an English test, then how much worse would it be if they used janitors and bus drivers to teach English? So, I mean, what would it be? Fifteen percent? I mean. What, what what at what point does somebody as somebody have to be held accountable for a number like that? Well, I think that's very demeaning to um, the city school teachers. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying if if the, te- uh, uh, the teachers are being paid to teach, worthless, and I would never say that they're worthless. I, I don't I don't want to uh, say that either. But uh, you know what I'm trying to get at here is if the teachers are being paid to teach. And the kids aren't learning. There's teaching and there's learning, and and, and learning isn't happening. If if only eighty two eighteen uh, percent of the people pass an English test, that's that's fraudulent. That's not even that's not even education, is it? I believe that the test is very difficult, and I believe that um, the teachers are are actually doing, um, you know, trying their hardest. Most of them. I don't mean every teacher, but most of them. Uh-huh. Um, when you go into the city schools and um, you talk to students about the kind of background they're from uh-huh. and you know what's going on in their neighborhoods. Oh yeah. Um, there are many homeless kids. There are kids who have um, are living in neighborhoods with a lot of violence. Um, they're kids who who haven't had enough to eat, who don't have, um, you know, uh, stable homes, um, and they're and they're. You're right; they're not doing well. But I'm not sure that that's entirely the fault oh, no. of I, the teachers. No, I don't think it is. Um, but here's the thing, uh, uh, Liz: that that if they score, uh, if they're poor now and they score and they flunk, they can't pass an English test. They're going to be poor probably ten years from now, and twenty years from now. That's the sad right, thing. That's that's why I think that the new um, Sonia Santelisis has tried to focus, be very very uh, focused on where she puts her money. So she is putting money in um, uh, curriculum and looking very very carefully at what are we teaching kids. Um, she feels that. For too long, the system, the the teachers haven't been given really good quality curriculum. Well, who's responsible um, that for that? I mean, how, and who who's been in charge of the curriculum for all these years? Well, different superintendents, and the over and superintendents has been very quick. Oh, okay. That's what you said earlier that the turnover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that thing. there hasn't been. I think one of the failings of the leadership in the last several or decade or so has been that they haven't paid attention to what's going on in the classroom and and spent more time on um, sort of organizational issues or um, other sort of quicker fixes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what many who I've talked to have analyzed in terms of the school system's um, troubles that not enough attention was being paid to what are we teaching kids each day in the in the classroom as opposed to how are we organizing schools right last thing liz and i only have like 30 seconds and up against a hard break quick is school choice an issue down there and uh, are there people in favor of it there is school choice um in for every child in uh, middle and high schools so any every child uh, can can decide from fifth grade on where they're going to go to school, um, and there are thirty three charter schools that are increasingly popular. Okay, hey Liz, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Authorities are searching for answers to why a 19-year-old opened fire on a popular garlic food festival less than a mile from his parents' home in California, killing two children and another man. 
Gilroy Police Chief Scott Smith, he says it appears the gunman didn't act alone. We did have reports of a potential second suspect. We don't have any confirmation that any second suspect did any shooting. Um, but we certainly are investigating all leads to try to determine uh, who that potential second suspect is and what exactly that person's role was. Smithy says the gunman was identified as Santino William Legan. Smithy says the 19-year-old Legan appeared to randomly target people when he fired with a rifle Sunday afternoon, the end of the three-day Gilroy Garlic Festival, which attracts more than 100,000 people. On Wall Street, that up by 29 points. This is SRN News. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976. Joe Walsh has seen it all from the left. Christine Quinn is her name. Giving the Democrat view on abortion. When a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. I've heard a lot. You heard her. It's not a human being. What, what is it then? A fish? What is it? A pineapple? The Joe Walsh Radio Program. Weeknights at 9. Right after Larry Elder at 7. On AM 1250. The Answer. Community Bank, City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion, Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. You started your business with nothing but a great big idea. They told you it couldn't be done, but that just made you work harder to prove them wrong. Now look at you, ready to take on the world. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South gets where you're coming from. When they said they wanted to create great big graphics for great big ideas like yours in less time than anyone else, they were told it couldn't be done. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South just smiled and said, Oh yeah? Watch us. When you need a large format printing partner who can provide high quality visual graphics in stunning detail, from trade show displays to outdoor signs, 3M brand vehicle map for your fleet, to window graphics, banners, and decals. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South can handle most jobs in two days or less and can roll with last-minute change-ups without breaking a sweat. Who says it can't be done? For a free quote, visit speedpropghsouth.com. Hey there. What's up, bruh? Hello. Aloha. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hola. Hi. It takes a lot of voices to create the sound of us. The Y welcomes all of them with open arms. From career readiness to safe spaces, the Y is there, no matter who we are. Now, more than ever, they need your support. Support your local Y today. The Y, or better us. Read by members of the Y. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got delays on 79, both ways approaching Bridgeville. There is an accident causing that. Also northbound 79, busy Mountain Eva Road up to 910. Now on the parkway east, it is stacking up outbound Boulevard at the Allies to Edgewood, Swissdale. Inbound slows down Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and some volume from County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the parkway west, not doing too badly there, just seeing pretty much the uh, typical rush hour volume. That's look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
Sunshine will mix with some clouds this afternoon. It will be very warm and humid, a high of 87. Tonight, a partly cloudy sky will drop down to 68 for an overnight low. Then tomorrow, clouds and some breaks of sunshine, a humid day, uh, but not quite as warm as today with a couple of showers and even a heavier thunderstorm. Tomorrow's high 79. More clouds and sun on Wednesday with a shower storm around. Wednesday's high 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Brian Thompson. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Forbes Field was Forbes Field for about 60 years. Three River Stadium was Three River Stadium for 30 years. And Pitt Stadium was Pitt Stadium for 74 years. But that was before teams found out that they could be paid millions of dollars for a name. Um, Heinz Field may not be Heinz Field after the 2011 season. The 20-year deal with Heinz is up, in case you didn't know. And getting the taxpayers to pay for your stadium and then getting lots of money from somebody else to put a name on, it's a pretty good uh, pretty good deal if you can get it. And just about every major sports team in the country has one. Frank Gamrat is the executive director of the Allegheny Institute. He knows all about the deals that the local teams got, and he joins us now. Frank, thanks for being here. Hey, John, thanks for having me. So how much money did the Steelers get for naming the stadium that we paid for after a uh, ketchup company? I will the ketchup company signature sauce, 57. They got $57 million over 20 years, so nice. roughly like $2.5 million a year. Okay, and mm. um, and that is paid out at, at – uh, they, they pay the Steelers the $2.5 million a year. They didn't get a lump sum. Every year. Yeah, every year it came in, in installments. Um, and, of course, as you noted, in, in 2021, 20 years will be up. And, of course, that, that naming right will then be up for bids because, as you astutely noted, Heinz has said, yeah, we're not interested anymore. Yeah, and the reason I guess Heinz uh, won't do it is because Heinz... Um, well, it's uh, not Heinz anymore, really. They're not located Kraft here? Heinz. Yeah, it's Kraft. Yeah, well, they, they merged with Kraft, and so their headquarters are chiefly in uh, Chicago. So while they still have a presence here, it's awfully small. So yeah, they're just bugging out. Wow. Now is that yeah. is that uh, fifty seven million over what is it twenty twenty years? Twenty years. Correct. Yeah. Is that below market value now? Uh, you know what actually is. Uh, I, I do think that. You know, again, even in the early days, I, I think it was a little probably lower than what they they probably could have gotten. But you know, obviously the Steelers aren't going to tell us what kind of bids that they had for it. Uh, you know, for the stadium, you know, because they're a private company, they really didn't mm-hmm. tell us a whole lot about a whole lot of anything. You know, but by by uh, looking across the the parking lot there, you know, PNC Park, which also has its twenty year lease up in, uh, in 2021, because they're they played their first game in April of 2001, and the Steelers played in August of 2001, so their deals run the same length. PNC Bank paid 30 million over 20 years for PNC Park, like a million and some change a year there. So the Steelers got much got, got a much better return on their naming rights than the Pirates did for a stadium to use a whole lot less. And uh, I, I know this isn't your department, but I'm just wondering, uh, is that just because the Steelers uh, were better salesmen, made a better deal? I think it's because it's a better product. Uh, you know, let's face okay. it, the, the value of of a naming rights is going to depend on what's going on inside that stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how much, you know, you know, you're looking at 50,000, 60,000 people to Steeler game versus it did nowadays 18,000 people yeah. at PNC Park, and even a full capacity is 30,000 or so. And, and I, I do think that it really becomes a matter of how many more fans you're going to get in there to see that banner. You know, it's a marketing tool for these companies, and they want value for their dollar. And everyone loves the Steelers. They're on national TV all the time. They have how many Monday night games and Sunday night games. Heinz Field really uh, is is front and center in in the national media, whereas PNC Park not so much. You know, large largely due to the product on the field. Uh, the number that the Steelers got um, the two the two and a half basically two and a half million a year uh, that uh, that matches what they were supposed to pay in rent conveniently right correct yeah conveniently it was you know we we, we did this one once before the way the rent agreement between the sports and exhibition authority which actually owns the stadium and the Steelers themselves is roughly two and a half million dollars a year and so you know, look again as we discussed before. 
this lease was set up to give this team a boatload of money. And they're getting a boatload of money. Almost everything is designed for them to not pay the rent. You know, as we said before, there's a clause in this lease that allows them to deduct from their lease payments taxes paid to the state or to the locals. And then in the second round, it gets multiplied by a factor of 10. And so they're really not paying anything. So that $57 million, while they may have pledged it towards the construction of the stadium, largely sat in their pocket. Um, Did they pay... And I'm, I want to stay again. I say it every time. Mm-hmm. I don't blame the Steelers one bit. I don't no, blame no. the Pirates. Uh, they, mm-hmm. I would get, I would take the same deal in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd blame the politicians. So, um, uh, did the Steelers? What, what the Steelers? Um, uh, when they when they were uh, 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 negotiating for this, mm-hmm. did they have any leverage? I mean, was there any reason to just throw everything at them and just, I mean, that, 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 did anybody really believe they were leaving? No, I, I can't believe well, that. I mean, well, you look, do believe uh, a politician would be stupid enough to believe that. Exactly. And, and that's, the, that's the fear that the Steelers struck in him. Because if you remember, and, and you were heavily involved in this area back in the late 90s, they threatened to leave. You don't give us what we want, we'll go look elsewhere. And there yeah. was, I found an old article in the Post-Gazette that, that said that they were shopping around for new locations. They weren't going anywhere. Anybody with half a brain knew they weren't going anywhere. You know, I even questioned whether the Penguins were going to go to Kansas City, even though they stood there and shook their finger at everybody and said they were leaving. You know, this, they have a built-in market. They have a built-in fan base. They really weren't going in there, especially the Steelers. I mean, my goodness, the Steelers are silent with Pittsburgh anymore. So it really was not a credible threat, but no politician wanted to be known as the one who let them go on the minuscule chance that they might go. So, yeah, they, they front-loaded this thing with all the incentives they could get to keep the Steelers in Pittsburgh, even though there's really no threat. And how, what, what's the number going to be like for this next uh, namings right, naming rights? You know what, that's a really good question. You know, we're batting that around the office here. And when this deal is done in 2021, there's only nine and a half years left on the lease. Mm-hmm. Because in 29 and a half years, the lease becomes null and void, and you have to start a new one. So does the team negotiate a nine and a half year naming right, right deal with some company? Because if they negotiate 20, then there's going to be the insinuation that when they're done it, it, with this lease, they're going to sign another lease. So there's going to be some legal wrangling here that's going to have to be done for the next naming rights. Uh, just not sure what the link's going to be, because I'm not sure. I mean, look. I'm not an idiot. You're not an idiot. We know they're going to be here. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the real reason they they dumped Three River Stadium is because they didn't like sharing with the Pirates. They wanted all the all the stuff for themselves, and the Pirates were the same way. So now that they have their own stadium, I have no doubt they'll sign another contract, at least to be here for the next 20 years. So we'll probably go with a 20 year uh, commitment naming rights with somebody. Or if they do it nine and a half up front, there'll probably be some kind of understanding, wink, wink, nod, nod, that when they sign a new agreement, you'll get the other 11 years. So it's really going to be a matter at this stage of who, because we know the Steelers will do it because they get the money. According to their lease, they get 100% of the naming rights in their pocket. Now, I, I was reading some article where they're saying there's still some NFL teams that don't have naming rights. We're talking Soldier Field, Lambeau Field, Arrowhead Stadium. Um, so at $2.5 million, the Steelers probably really don't need it, but they're not going to walk away from $2.5 million. The question now is, which company in Pittsburgh is going to step up and do it? Not really sure. Yeah, and uh, the, the amount of money, $2.5 million, you would think that's, that's going to go up. Um, yeah, oh, I would think so. I mean, heck, you can't even get a good backup center for that. Yeah. <laughs> now, the other question is, um, and then I, I want to get to the Pirates in a second about this, because mm-hmm. I think it's a different question for the Pirates for a different reason. Mm-hmm. But um, any chance, I mean, well, I know it's a stupid question, but the the <clears throat> the local politicians, if they really wanted to, could drive kind of a hard bargain for the new lease, couldn't they? They could say, hey, we're starting over. This is the way it's going to work. Theoretically, they could. But we know the politicians around here, they probably wouldn't. They'll probably tell the Steelers, oh, we'll just, you know, renew, we'll renew the entire agreement. You know, just slap new dates on it, re-sign it, and let her go. I can't imagine the Sports and Exhibition Authority getting tough. And they need to be tough. I mean, here's the problem. You know, as our, our last time we, we talked about this, 
this thing's going to start to break. You know, it's capital expenditures are going to go up. And technically, there's the, the SCA is supposed to take some, they get a little bit of revenue from the gates, from the teams, put into a capital reserve fund so that they can, can make some repairs. They need to put more in there because as this thing ages, it's only going to get you know a, a more hard harder to maintain. Mm-hmm. So they need to put more money in. So they should renegotiate this lease and say, we need you to drop more money as capital repair fund because we can't keep going to the taxpayers and saying, hey, can you give us more money to to change out your scoreboard? Can you give us more money to repaint your your luxury suites? You know, they the SCA really should get tough and say put more money to this reserve fund so we can maintain this thing. Yeah, and the the uh, Steelers are doing much better now than they were 20 years ago, and they were doing pretty well 20 years ago, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I found a 2003 uh, valuation of $600 million. <laughs> what is it the, now? The, the, uh, 2.5 and some change. Sounds like a, four, uh, a quadruple. With a B, it quadrupled. And, you know, I was trying to find what it was in 2000 because, obviously, with the new stadium, and, and just about every time a sports team gets a new stadium, their value doubles, mm-hmm. if not more than doubles, because the revenue streams within the stadiums nowadays are just tremendous. These sports teams are making a killing, so their values are really jumping up. I mean, gee whiz, even the lowly Pirates are worth a whole bunch more money than the Nuttings paid for them way back when. And it's all because of the revenue streams that are generated within these stadiums. Stadiums. You know, I always laugh when someone would say to me, well, they're going to build all these restaurants outside the stadiums. And I say, you're nuts. It's not in the owner's best interest for you to eat outside the building. Right. They want you eating inside the building because they get that money. And there aren't a lot of restaurants over there, are there? Oh, not really. No. The, the Bettis one and... Uh... I, yeah. I haven't been over there. Uh, yeah, you, yeah there's, I think there's a steakhouse over by yeah. PNC Park, but that's about it. Anytime, and there have been a lot of bars that have come and gone because no one eats outside. They're all eating inside. Every year, some TV station, if not all of them, will tell us about all the new offerings at this park or that field and how we should all want to go eat inside. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. But uh, the, the Steelers' value has quadrupled since they gave them the stadium. Right. And I don't know. If, I don't know if there's anybody else in the local sports media other than myself who has uh, actually kept talking about this. Because I, and again, I don't have anything against the Steelers. I don't hold one grudge against them. I think it's great that they've been able to work a deal like this. I don't understand why the media don't hold the politicians responsible for this and say, "Hey, make a tougher, you know, drive a harder bargain." Uh, the, the only thing I can think of is the media loves the Steelers right. because they sell papers and they sell advertising. You know, it, it's really kind of interesting how almost every newscast on a lot of newspapers nowadays, it's all Steelers all the time. We just started training camp. Mm-hmm. But yet all they want to talk about is, oh, let's look at this player. Oh, this guy was a yeah. free agent brought in from middle of nowhere university. Let's talk about his backstory. You know, I don't care about these guys until the ball kicks off for the regular season in September. Yeah, but they're getting they get the coverage. So, so I want to get to the Pirates now. They promised mm-hmm. that they, they they said that they had to get this ballpark if they could be competitive mm-hmm. in baseball's right. ridiculous <laughs> revenue si- uh, situation. Right. Um, and they've had four winning seasons since they moved in there. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was last year where they were, right. I think, two games over five hundred. So that is correct. Um, they stink, and now they stink they again. Stink. So where are they going to be when the lease is up here? Are they, are they a different situation than the Steelers are in? I think they're in a slightly different situation simply because they're not as popular. And, you know, granted, when, when, they're, when their naming rights are up in, in, in 2021, will PNC Bank step up and say, yes, we want this? You know, it could drive their, their, their value down. Uh, they're just not putting the people in the gates that everybody thought that they would. Again, the team stinks. You know, it's just it's just not valuable. Nobody wants to deal with it. And so, in in nine and a half years after that, when their lease is up, will they go to the SCA and say, "Yeah, we'd like the same thing"? Because they're another team. Now they have to pay a little bit more. In, in rent, but not a whole lot. Again, they get the same tax credit, so if they pay the taxes, they don't pay anything in rent. And again, I've not seen any real payments from the teams to the Sports and Exhibition Authority, so I'm going to say that to this point, they're still paying nothing. That, 
you know, will they still get the same sweetheart deal? Again, the SEA's got to go to them and say, we need to keep this building up. You've got to start putting some money in this capital reserve fund at the very least. And um, there's no way the politicians could just say, listen, uh, the party's over here. You know, the lease is up, and we're re- and if you want to keep playing here, we're in charge. It's our mm-hmm. stadium, and we're going to – this is the way it's going to be. They can't – I mean, not that they would, but could they? Right. Uh, it would be very refreshing if they would. And I think with the Pirates, they may take a harder tone <laughs> because, you know, you're going to upset 18,000 people. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, it, they're not going to because, again, Pirates have, what, a 150-year history with us. Yeah. And and they're they're not going to be one. They don't want to be known as the county executive or mayor who kicked out the pirates. Although they get you more votes, if you want to be honest with you. <laughs> well, Fra- Frank, uh, I appreciate you being on as usual. Frank Gamrat of Absolutely. the uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, we uh, you're you're my uh, go-to guy for all things stadium stupidity. Well, and uh, uh, the lease being up, I had to. The naming rights going up. I had to call you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I greatly appreciate it. You yourself a great day. All right. Thanks. That's Frank Gamrat of the Allegheny Institute, and we'll be right back. I'm here with Miracle League of Moons, Mike McGulick. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of progress since we last talked. Obviously, it's never as quick as you want it to be, but we're happy with where we're going to be coming into the summer. You've broken ground on the field house. Foundations are going in, but the playground's been delayed. What's the plan? We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project, so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year. Remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special needs. It will be updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else that easily can get to. Help keep the project on track. Visit miraclesinmoon.org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it, and you keep us updated, okay? I will. Thanks for all the support, and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping. Give now at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. This experience has provided me with the unique knowledge to assess and draft the plan of recovery for your financial problems. I can stop home foreclosures, repossessions, creditor lawsuits, and tax collection. Reorganize and get a fresh start. I have numerous office locations in the Pittsburgh area. Call and schedule your free consultation today at 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Don't delay. Call 412-471-7675. That's 412-471-7675. Do you find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero-gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The Original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an Original Mattress. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you. Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. 
At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, let's finish up with some racism talk. Uh, with that, uh, Donald Trump is a racist again over the last few days. We've heard that. Uh, one of my favorite columnists is Walter Williams. He's black and he's a, a professor, an economics professor at uh, George Mason. He says that it's uh, very easy to be a racist today. It used to be hard. You used to have to get a bunch of robes and some hats and maybe burn some crosses and really do something outrageous to be called a, a, a racist. But he writes. Today, all that's changed. To be a racist takes little effort. For example, one can sit back in his easy chair and declare that he's for across-the-board tax cuts. That makes you a racist. If you don't believe me, think back to 1994. This shows you how old this stuff is. Think back to 1994 when the Republican-led Congress pushed for a tax cut measure. Former U.S. House of Representatives member Charles Rangel from New York denouncing the Republicans' plan before a Manhattan audience as a form of modern-day racism said, it's not a uh, spick or an N-word anymore. They say, let's cut taxes. A few months later, he compared the GOP's contract with America to measures in Nazi Germany saying Hitler wasn't even talking about doing these things. So this is, that's, uh, what, 25 years ago, it was still going on. And what what, uh, Walter Williams says is, perhaps the easiest way to be labeled a racist is is to suggest that a wall be built on our border with Mexico in order to keep people from Mexico and point south from entering our nation illegally. Also, a slam-dunk charge of racism is to say that the standard practice of separating children from parents is Nazi-like. But imagine you are stopped with your child in the car and charged with a DUI in any of our 50 states. You're going to be arrested, and your child will be taken to protective child services. The identical practice on our southern border is called racism. The bottom line is that when leftists have no other winning argument, they falsely accuse others of racism. Republicans cower at the charge and often give the leftists what they want. Black Americans who are octogenarians, of which he is one, he's 80-something, black uh, Americans who are octogenarians, or nearly so, need to explain what true racism is, not to correct what uh, white liberals, but to inform young black people. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.